Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Nation. It is Friday night. You are tuned into page one. I am Lavar. Uh, Mary hopefully is on her way. Um, I I know uh, tonight is kind of a difficult night. This week has been a difficult week. Um, I will have a commentary, which uh, this is called news and comment. Uh, Every once in a while, when I see fit, I will comment on news that's touching everyone else. Uh, later this evening, uh, I will have a commentary on everything that's happening. It's really hard to put into words uh, what we're seeing uh, tonight. Uh, you don't know whether or not uh, the actions that have sprung from the horrible action that was will bring about change, and one can only hope that it does. Um, Hopefully within this hour, uh, we can at least get away from it for a few minutes before we get to the bottom of the hour and then, uh, uh, or the end of the hour, and when we do, or when I do this commentary on uh, George Floyd. Um, So hopefully we can kind of get away from that. Uh, A lot that's going on. Uh, Later this hour, we'll also take a look at some of the trending Twitter topics, uh, and then uh, also um, we will pretty much just talk. Um, I don't know, uh, normally I would say I'll open the phone lines, and I don't really know if I really want to do that tonight. Um, If you do... Uh, or if you do call, um, the number's there, um, but I would hope that it's something constructive if you do call. Um, I think I'm kind of like one of everyone that's really not in a forgiving mood to hear something negative tonight, because we're looking for something constructive, something that's positive. Um, so definitely we hope that that's able to occur. And of course, I'm here with you from Chicago tonight, but of course, out on the West Coast, uh, my dear friend who is now with us. How are you, ma'am? I am good. A little running a little behind, but yes, I'm good. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I'm a person that knows how to ad lib, so they say. Uh, actually, kill time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I kill time. I don't like. I kill a dime. Not I like kill it. time. I said Phil. Phil with an F. I said Phil <laughs> with an F, not kill with a K. That's so mean. A <laughs> uh, couple of quick programming notes here because I want to make sure I get this out before I forget it. Tonight. Um, besides us being on the air with you every Friday night at this time, uh, we will not be with you on the weekend of June 11th. Uh, but we will be with you next Friday night, same time. Uh, Two shows coming up, one in which I announced exclusively yesterday evening, but uh, for those of you that joined us last Sunday night for the uh, Spontaneous Radio Online Roundtable, uh, very interesting. Um, 
And if you did join us, thank you for joining us. Part two of that roundtable will be coming up on Sunday, June 7th. Not this upcoming Sunday, but the following Sunday, June 7th, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central. Um, And then one other thing that I was happy to announce yesterday, uh, the one and only, if you do not know this young lady, if I said some of the roles that she's done, uh, it will come to mind. Uh, but Stephanie Andahar will join me on June 28th for the 411 Lounge. Uh, Stephanie, uh, I first saw her uh, a few years ago in the Academy Award-nominated film uh, Precious. Um, and I thought that besides Gabrielle uh, Sidibe's character, I thought that hers as Rita was pretty awesome. She played the uh, young mom um, who liked the color black. Um, but Stephanie has, uh, she's one of those people where if you don't know the name, you've probably seen her on quite a few different shows. Uh, she has also been on Orange is the New Black, uh, and she currently has a recurring role um, on Blue Bloods on CBS. So she will be joining me on the 28th of June, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, which is a Sunday night. Uh, looking forward to it. And actually one of the cool things about her, Mary, is that uh, she has her whole family involved <laughs> Her whole family involved in uh, uh, her business, so to speak, because she also has her own YouTube uh, uh, comedy series uh, that she does, Staff A, a one-woman show. And so her mom, or momager, um, is her manager. Uh, Also on her website, her sister does things. Her brother is a photographer. So everybody's involved in everything that she does, which is pretty awesome. but she will be joining me uh, June 28th, so I'm pretty happy about that one. So, yeah, we got a lot going on here, and more shows are coming. Um, and, of course, uh, we'll always be here with you Friday nights as well. I think when we left last week, we left last weekend pretty much on a sports note. Uh, I think we were talking about – Yes, we did. Yeah, we were talking about top players of all time, which I – I've I've heard from a lot of uh, people this week in regards to things like that. We're definitely going to, when the time uh, is best, uh, do a top five list. I think Clyde Drexler even had his top ten greatest of all times, and people come out with stuff. It seems when we mention something, all of a sudden everybody starts to talk about it. We've said <laughs> this before. We are trend setters. I think so. Uh this week I saw a video um, from a national uh, writer who was discussing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and how underrated he was. And I think I mentioned that last week on air here because uh, he said Magic wouldn't have won without Kareem, which I kind of believe so because you don't have captain and you don't have, you know, you had Worthy, you had Byron Scott, but it was kind of like they needed that one additional piece. You know, Lakers of the 80s were a super team, but you don't win it without Kareem. The Bucks of the 70s, Oscar Robinson wouldn't have won a title without Kareem. So, you know, and to think 19 all-star appearances, still, over 30 years later, still the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, he was unstoppable. Rules had to be made so that he, so that they could, even in college, when he was at UCLA, Remember back then, which is insane, he couldn't play as a freshman. They were ineligible to play on a varsity team. Uh All three years that he played, he won a national title. The NCAA banned dunks for 10 years because of him. So, yeah, I think he deserves that mix of greatest of all time still. Uh you know, Michael brought the NBA to the forefront, but Kareem was one in which everybody talked about Kareem. And Kareem was just as popular. If you remember the movie Airplane, Kareem. 
Yes, this is also true. You are correct. I mean, yeah. you're right. There, but I think that that's that's just, that's the best part about like what that's why basketball is one of my favorite sports. You can't win a title without someone else. It's not right. that one person. Okay, yeah, you can. There's an argument to be made for um, James, but and that's even an argument at that point. But we're not going to get into that. Um, but a lot of the teams. A lot of the dynasties are either duos or trios that really just kick some tail and couldn't do it without. The best example is, again, I'm going to keep coming back to the Bulls. I'm a big Bulls fan, but those that year that Michael was gone. That's why it was a two, that's why it was a repeat, repeat. It wasn't six in a row. Yeah, and by the way. Everyone as part of that. Yeah, by the way, Clyde Drexler even said that he said, you know, when you have a Wilt Chamberlain and a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, two of the greatest players who ever lived, I think you could start with those two. you got guys like Larry Bird, Dr. J, George Gervin, mm-hmm. Elgin Baylor, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, all those guys are in the conversation. He said, I love both Michael and LeBron, but let's not take something away from the other guys who played. And that's how I was like last week when I was kind of shocked. With you. you didn't consider Dr. J top ten. I was like, Dr. J was, you know, I think the fact, the thing that hurt him was that he played in the ABA for a short time, and if, I think if he was in the NBA from the beginning, I think he always ranked at least top five or around there. Oh, oh yeah, he definitely, he's a solid top ten at that point, absolutely. But you're right, because it's a different, and he was in a different league, still, like, still talented. I am not going to take away his talent. Obviously, he's doing things that I couldn't do. Ever. Um, and not just because of height. But I think those couple of years, or how many years was it? Three? Three years was it? Yeah, whatever. The years that he was playing outside the league was, I think that's where it kind of, I'm, I'm just basing it on NBA and then outside of that is where I was basing my work. I also want to... And I, I can be persuaded. I can absolutely be persuaded. Can you now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we want, I wanted to ask you, though, since we're not going to really talk too much about basketball, there is an issue going on. Because basketball, you just have a few things to work out. I mean, everybody wants to... Uh, baseball seems to be where the issue is at right and time pretty much picking. And the main part of them seems to be the money issue. Because Major League Baseball wants to seek additional pay cuts of more than $800 million that it contends are necessary to make it economically feasible to play games without fans. The players are saying no. Uh, the sliding scale proposal featured several, uh, pretty much pretty severe pay cuts for the game's richest players and a much smaller percentage trim for those on the lower end. So, for example, Mike Trout, who was set to earn $37.6 million this year, would see his already prorated salary whittled down to $5.7 million under MLB's plan. And a lot of people, and I've heard Sports Talk Radio this week, are saying, hey, you're still making millions of dollars more for, you know, which is more than what a lot of people are pretty much earning right now, and laid off people aren't even going to sit or see a dollar, much let alone 5.7 million. So I guess my question is, who is really going to get it? Because if you sign a contract for that amount of money, you expect to get that amount of money no matter what. It would be the same as your job telling you, hey, we're going to lay you off, but instead of $45,000 a year, it's going to be prorated really down to maybe fifteen twenty. dollars uh, But I guess an event like this where the player is making millions of dollars, who's in the right and who's in the wrong, and what do you see happening in the long run? And, the, and the, they're in life of trouble. Um, they are making millions of dollars, 
but, you know, they got to pay for their Lamborghinis and their Teslas and their, you know, $10 million house mortgage payments or whatever. Um, I'm joking. It's all sarcasm. Sorry. Uh, but I, I think that they have a little bit of a point. I think they should get, um, they should have a proration, not necessarily as severe, but I also think that the proration should go all the way up to the owner. Um, if the owners are signing deals with major companies, um, endorsements, um, advertising, that kind of thing, and they're still getting that paycheck, and then they're cutting their players' paycheck, that's like, I'm going to use your example. It's like my, it's like my boss saying, sorry, we're going to prorate your pay to $12,000 this year instead of this. $50,000 that you're supposed to be getting that you signed a contract for, but I'm still going to take my $100,000. That's ridiculous. It needs to it needs to start at the top and go all the way down. Um, I think it would be an easier pill to swallow if the owners, if the managers, if the you know if all of the office personnel from the highest paid to the lowly you know you know, the custodian all feel the pinch. And I know that sounds really kind of harsh, but that's the only way that everyone will look at it and go, that's fair. Yeah, it time. won't happen that way, <laughs> but that's the way it should happen. Yeah. And I agree with you. I know the timetable for this is ticking because uh, they said that the players would need at least two to three weeks ready for a season that will probably start in July. Uh, the plan right now is for 82-game regular season with an expanded playoff schedule that would include 14 teams. Because the Players Association refuses to relent on pay concessions without getting further financial data from owners, there's been talk of the union proposing a longer regular season, maybe up to 100 games. But MLB is concerned about a second wave of COVID-19 cases in the fall. But getting to the playoffs is the key to any plan based on the cash plans of networks. Uh, and if the current impasse stretches deeper into June, that could jeopardize chances of playing all the way to the completion of the World Series, which uh, it would be no point of bringing a season together if you're not going to get to a play. I mean, because that's what people play for, that they play for that chance to get to the playoffs to win a title. And, you know, and I know I've even heard on some instances about sports seasons almost kind of overlapping or how it would work is that the next or following season would be delayed, especially for sports like hockey, where if they start now, uh, it would probably end somewhere along uh, maybe September, October, and then they would take a few months off and come back in January, start with the Winter Classic and take it from there. So, you know, time is of the essence. The year seems to be going so fast. Do you think right now, based on everything, that who's going to blink first? Will it be the owners or will it be the players? I think it'll be – I hope that the players hold out. That's my hope. Um, I really think the players are going to blink first because they're going to be the ones that are going to feel the pinch first. So they're going to want to to get on with doing what they need to do. Now, that, we're talking uh, the majority of the players. We're not talking about big names that are getting 30, 40, million contracts. Those are going to be a little bit, those will be able to hold out a little bit longer. Um, I'm talking league minimum. You know, the ones that you don't get a lot of the names for, uh, those are going to be the ones that are going to be like, come on, guys, I I really need to play. Like, I really need to get these games in. Otherwise, blank, 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 fill in the blanks. And we all know, I think think everybody's been touched by this in a way. Um, So we all kind of know that there's, there's a moment where you go, I need to, whatever the case is, I need to cut my hair. I need to start working. I need to, whatever the case is, so that you can survive. And I think that there's more league minimum guys that will be like, hey, I need to play, than the bigger names that can hold out. And I think the players are going to blink first. I hope, I hope, I hope it's the owner's. And I hope that they go and, and they get to, if we hold out and we don't have time, then we're going to end up being, you know, without a season. And now I've lost all the money that I've invested because I still have to pay off all of the bills and, and all of the other things that they have to pay off. 
without any of the income. So, and that's what's my hope. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be the players' way first. Yeah. And I think the fans pretty much, you know, I think as we get more and more uh, hungry for some type of uh, entertainment, are going to grow weary of probably rich athletes who are making millions saying, yeah, no, I would almost walk up a plan where owners say, hey, let's defer what you would have made this year, spread that out over, we'll put it into, you know, uh, or maybe they're insured, I don't know, maybe they could put some of it into a trust for next year where we'll pay you this this year, we'll write contracts up, we will guarantee, because in some way, because even I think the Bobby Bonilla deal, if you're not familiar with that, look it up, where back in the day, Bobby Bonilla signed something like a 20-year deal where he's getting paid a $1 million incentive every year because he, he signed for less money back then. And after the interest of everything else, he sees about a million a year on a deal. He's long since retired, not even playing. And I think for at least the next 10 years, He's supposed to see like a million dollars every year, which is not too shabby. Um, but I would almost rather some deferred deal uh, or some promise so that they get these guys back out on the field with the promise that they will see the remainder of their check that they were due to get this year uh, and that they'll figure out some way. Now, I have a bad feeling that if that happens, that the person who's going to be paying on that is you or I because if they allow us back into the stadiums, whether it's this year or next year, things are going to be a little bit higher than they were before. That bucket of popcorn is going to be as cheap as it was because they got to make up the money for it. Um, But the weird thing that I found... But they really don't. That's the problem. They really don't. If everybody everybody could find a way to budget that... I'm sorry. If a a government entity has to go back and look at their 10-year plan and say, we need to cut the budget, why can't a baseball organization that's based on expendable income of people that don't have the expendable income anymore because of this downturn? Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to go. But uh, for those of you who are tuning in or listening, this is page one. I'm LaVar. That's Mary. Still ahead this hour. Uh, We will take a look at what's trending on Twitter, and if you have not been watching TV tonight, you definitely know what already is probably going to be trending. And then later on this hour, right before uh, we let you go for the week, I will have my commentary uh, on George Floyd. But um, one thing I did not know uh, that I was actually surprised to see, uh, kind of leaving from the sports world for a moment here, uh, CDC. Because of everything that's going on, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of looking here at some uh, live video where there are now uh, protesters who are clashing with the Secret Service outside of the White House. Um, And we hope that that does not lead to anything bad. Uh, Sorry about that. Back to what I was saying. Uh, There's been a new cause for concern. one that is furry, dirty, and hungry. Uh, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning of aggressive rodent behavior as the ongoing public health crisis has left rats without their normal source of food, uh, which was trash from restaurants and other businesses. And with the closure of restaurants and other commercial establishments to help stave off transmission of COVID-19, rodents have not been able to access these businesses' food and waste that they typically will rely on for sustenance. Uh, it has gotten so bad that environmental health and rodent control programs may see an increase in service requests related to rodents in reports of unusual or aggressive rodent behavior. The CDC has noted that after natural disasters like hurricanes, communities often experience a decline in rodent populations followed by an uptick as business returns to normal. But with more than two months of coronavirus-related restaurant closures, rodents have been emboldened. Last month, rats who were in, uh, pretty much adapted to resort to cannibalism under trying circumstances were seen openly crowding streets and eating their young. This according to the New York oh. Daily News. Two communities, New York City and New Orleans, have borne the brunt of violent rodent behavior. Uh, in New York, colonies of rats are waging a bloody battle, the New York Post wrote. Municipal officials have said that they will step up their fight against rodents. People have witnessed rats swarming garbage on 6th Avenue. 
New Orleans has similarly seen rodents swarm some of its busiest roadways as early as March. Rats were becoming aggressive in a Louisiana city. More than a dozen rodents gathered in the middle of Bourbon Street. And they said that what we have seen here is that these social distancing practices are driving rodents pretty much crazy. But the violence, uh, battle against violent rats isn't over. Uh, the CDC has issued a series of guidelines aimed at curbing rodents' aggressive behavior, and they've recommended that environmental health programs continue to monitor these populations and control activities after natural disasters and other crises. I did not think, um, and they also said that in areas of heavy rodent infestations, workers should consider using a repellent to prevent flea bites and minimize exposure to flea-borne disease. I did not think that it would get that bad as to where, and I guess I don't watch enough nature shows, but I did not think that it would get that bad as to where rodents would resort to cannibalism. Uh, you being out There's there There's got to the be West, another food source, you would think. Yeah, I would think that they would go to, like, something else, but I never would have thought, I mean, I don't know. That, that story, that, it's like something out of, like, a really bad movie. Um, I don't. I don't even know what to say on that one. Watching that because it, it's, I've seen. I kid you not. This is a clean city, uh, Chicago, generally, when it can't be. It's not as dirty as New York, and I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Um, we don't really see too many rats, or at least I haven't. And I'm downtown quite often. I've seen a few, normally in the early morning hours. It's not like where it's in mid-afternoon and somebody's just, like, running over your foot. But I, I did not think that it would get to that point. And that's that's just insane, where they've violent behavior. Have you seen any oh. of that out there in the house? I haven't, but I'm, I'm also, I don't live, like, right off the strip, thank God. Um. So I haven't, but from what I've heard through news outlets up here, um, they're actually afraid of that uh, because of the, and we do have, I'm not saying that we have a rat problem because we don't. Um, again, somewhat clean. We have a few less people than New York or Chicago here living in, in the Vegas Valley area. Um, we also have uh, one of the, few things that we do have that probably contributes to that is that we have um, the heat. So when garbage needs to get out, it's out, you know, it's getting pulled either early or late, which means that we're getting, they're not going out until early or late. They're not sitting out all day. Um, so we do have that. And then of course, with heat, rats don't like heat necessarily. So they're not out here. Um, but we do have, I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have vermin. And that was one of the concerns was that with the strip and the buffets and just the amount of garbage that the strip produces. Yeah. I mean, uh, restaurants around here drop their garbage pickup from usually every day. Like they used to have garbage pickup every day. They dropped it and they reduced it down to once a week. Um, some of them completely canceling it while they were closed for COVID because there was no reason for them to have garbage pickup. They weren't going to be using the garbage. Um, so insanity for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is insane. So, it's insane to think. Yeah. So Mary and I usually talk a little bit before certain topics and I always said that if you had a chance to listen to uh, our normal phone conversations apart from this it, it would go a little bit of everywhere. So earlier uh, and I'm going to get to this in a second because it kind of ties in with this uh, there was an interesting article out from Handshakes to Buffets 20 Things Could Become Obsolete After This Pandemic Ends uh, One of them was Shaking Hands they said it's uh, now going to be a thing of the past, and actually Dr. Anthony Fauci has said that it should be one and that we should just forget about it. I kind of wondered, though, I was like, when it comes to job interviews or business deals and transactions, how do you handle that? Because the handshake generally was one of the big parts to that. Um, 
the FDA recommending that buffets and salad bars be discontinued. It's unclear if they will return. Free samples at stores like Costco. Uh, I know, I think Mark, Costco announced today that it, sh- it could be coming back, but a lot of people are saying it should not. Uh, public touch screens, which are hot pets for bacteria, probably going to disappear. I think I went to Walmart, saw where, you know, normally they have the phone displays. They have them off. Everything's off now. Can't touch it. Uh, many states have banned grocery bags at grocery stores, which I was kind of shocked about. I understand it. Uh, and I'm not sure out there, do they have, like, the packs on the bags? Uh, in, in California, yes. Ah. In California, absolutely, um, and uh, up the West Coast, yes, they have the tax on the bags, um, which is hilarious because they pushed so hard for people to bring their own bags into places, and now you can't, and you're getting taxed for it. So there's a lot of uproar about that, too. Mm. And then they were saying sharing food. So I guess this might actually help. I don't like sharing food. Well, I'll share once in a while, but <laughs> they're saying... Don't share food. Uh, uh, say if people are, if they are sharing food, the virus may contaminate the food that they're eating or on the fork or knife that they're sharing. So now you have an excuse when uh, someone tries to have that fry off of your plate or if they're trying to, like, have a little bit of your dessert, tell them no. Uh, Just have a hand. I don't know why people didn't do that before. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, high fives. Uh, so you won't see a lot of athletes. And I know baseball players are having a huge issue with a few of the uh, things that they suggested, such as spitting or, like, high fives, because that's what they're used to doing. Uh, I watched a uh, Japanese league game on ESPN the other day, and it just it looks, even without a crowd, without any type of, like, uh, like some type of interaction, it's giving me a... a view here ahead of time of what MLB games would look like, it looks really, really strange. Um, uh, lines in which many people crowd together while waiting aren't likely to come back anytime soon. Which could be a good thing. Uh, right. People, uh, it says, when social distancing ends and people are allowed to get together for drinks, tapping your glasses to say cheers may be a thing of the past. Um, also, toll booths. They banned cash and opted for touch electronic payment methods. Crowded concerts and mosh pits won't be allowed in any venues while the coronavirus remains a risk to public health. Uh, Open floor offices, which workers sit in close proximity to one another, may not return even after mandated restrictions end. This week I think I saw some articles in regards to what Twitter and uh, a bunch of other uh, social networking companies are doing, and they are now telling their employees, don't think about coming back before 2021, and that some may even be now working on permanent. Um, it's an interesting uh, Also, keychain store club tabs, which are often scanned by store personnel. I still, and I will tell you now, I went to Big Lots today, uh, and I'm pretty sure that there are some, some stores that have done, done away with them. I went to the store today, and I actually held my card for them to scan, but they took the card anyway. Um, are they doing that out where you're at, or are you seeing that, or no? Um, a lot of the places that I have, they use uh, a phone number as a part of your ID, um, or uh, they have it where you can, they, they scan it from, like you hold it and they scan it. So it's got like a QR code or an RFID on it. So I haven't had to um, hand my card to anyone. I've had to hand my credit card to people, which I didn't like. It's like, I'll go ahead and put it in the machine, you know, and then wipe it off afterwards when they try to hand it back to me. But, yeah. The other thing that's on this list, and actually it's going to affect me because in a few weeks I will be traveling for the first time since all this has happened last year. PSA has advised that travelers no longer put their phones, wallets, keys in the bin, and the change might be permanent. Uh, Business Insider is reporting that TSA is now telling pastors to not place the personal items such as wallets, keys, or phones in the bin that secure them carry on property to be screened through the x-ray system. Uh, That will change. Uh, 
even though paved poles are already on their way out or are likely to become obsolete over safety concerns. I actually have seen a few paved poles still here around the Chicagoland area. <laughs> There's still a few. Um, There's still some out there? That's so funny. Yes. Yes, there are. Uh, actually, I think I was at a, a urgent uh, care facility one day, and there was a, a pay phone right there, still there. Uh, didn't, of course, have the latest phone book, but they did have the pay phone there. And I think there's still one in one of the train stations here in Chicago, which is, I think if anybody saw that, we didn't think about it back in the day. You know, we went through everything. It used the payphone. Didn't think about cleaning it off or cleaning the earpiece. We just used it. Right. I'm trying to figure out what changed. OCD became more rapid. I don't know. I'm I'm kidding. It's not OCD thing. But no, I don't. I don't know. More germs out there. I don't. I I couldn't tell you. I miss drinking out of hoses and and rolling around in the dirt. But you know. That's kind of the next thing here. Water fountains are not safe to use as they put as many people's noses and mouths over the same surface. I saw today, there was actually a water hose that they have specifically for drinking out of. Did not know that that was on the market. Um, but there is one out there. Uh, it says a casual society could become more likely after the pandemic. Uh, the CDC has recommended that doctors switch to telemedicine for routine and electric to preserve PPE. So you may start to really just see your doctor over a computer. Uh, Already started. Yeah. Business travel is likely to be greatly reduced amid safety concerns and an increase in virtual meetings. I can tell you I did Zoom for the first time the other day. It felt a little weird, Uh, but it is what it is. And then one of the last things was the one that I had a big issue with. Now, I know that everyone has their own issues with everything that's going on right now. But if you do not know, and one thing that you will learn about Mary and myself is that we are huggers. Drive off of action. Uh, one of the things on this list, it says, though, platonic uh, hugging and kissing are an important part of many cultures. They become ways to spread disease. Uh they reported here that after a man gave his infected mother a hug, he came down with coronavirus, as did many of his other family members who had been hugging and kissing one another. Uh, in an opinion piece, uh, one has said uh, that, and she's Latino, and she said close-knit uh, Latinx families like mine have been forced to hold back one of the fundamental ways that we interact with each other, physical displays of affection, love language. What happens when you have to show your love six feet away? And I guess that's my main question, right? because that now goes into my next question, is that for those of us who are huggers, how do you handle that now in this? And, I, and we said that post, because it's still not over yet, in this close to post-coronavirus uh, uh, environment, how do you handle that? Yeah, I, I honestly... And we were talking about it earlier. I've come to the point where with people that my my friends, my very close dear friends, it's come to, hey, do you mind? And I've had to ask, no, no. It's used, it used to be just the motion. It was just that the look and the arms went open and everybody rushed in and that was it. It was, I want to wrap you up in a hug. And that is, I mean, you and I have done this many times. We are huggers. That's what we are. Um, it, it comes down to asking now, like, do you mind? Do you care if I hug you? Do, you? do you, you know, and then, like, hey, have you been tested has been another question that I've gotten is, like, hey, I want to give you a hug. Have you been tested? And it's it's weird. It's weird to have to pause and think about it and say, have you been tested or, or can I hug you or can I touch your hand or can I, you know, do you mind being in your space? Um, although it does feel nice to be able to have people actually ask now and not be offended when you say, no, I don't want you in my space. Because there's some people that do kind of invade space without realizing it. Um there is that positive side. That's the positive spin on it. But the negative side is that if I don't remember to ask and somebody gets a little bit upset about it, 
it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm so sorry. You know, like, oh, I, I, I'm a toucher. I'm a hugger. I'm a hand holder. I am, I am a physical contact person, and that's part of how I – that's part of my healing. Like, some people, some people like to, I don't know, do crystals or something or meditate or whatever. I am a, I am a physical contact person when I'm feeling bad, if I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling stressed. I want physical contact with people I feel comfortable with. And this has been tough. This has been a very tough time for me. So, yeah, I guess it just comes down to being polite and asking, which is what you should have been doing in the first place. But, you know, you also should have been washing your hands and not touching your face in the first place either. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I... but it's like if you know, but here's the thing, and here's the cross story on that. If it's somebody that you know that normally would have taken that hug, this has now changed. Because, you know, you or I, you know, we would probably hug and not think a thing about it. And now, you know, even for other friends, I kind of have to think twice and ask, like, hey, did you really want to hug? We're going to put each other at risk probably. But, you know, it's. It's different times, and I know for people, like I said, who thrive on, uh, sure, you know, hugs or some type of interaction, I feel for you. I, I can commiserate because I'm the same way right now, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely different times um, we are uh, now living in. Um, there is, we'll go real quick here to what's trending on people. Uh, on- I was going to say what's trending on pizza because that's one of the stories. What's trending on Twitter? Um, <laughs> what's trending on pizza? Pepperoni. Yeah, what's trending on pizza? Uh, it is uh, what's trending on Twitter. One of the things that's trending on Twitter is Mod Pizza. Uh, it says people are confused as to why Nebraska and North Dakota's favorite fast food joint is in and out when they have Mod Pizza. Um, and I never had that. It's not. I don't think here in Chicago. Um, I don't know that I've ever had it either. Yeah. As uh, some people have said, they refuse to believe Mod Pizza is this popular. But uh, <laughs> they said here in the Midwest and other places it's Mod Pizza, which I don't believe that. Out your way in Arizona, uh, they are saying that it is, looks like Chick-fil-A. Um, Whataburger. <laughs> is popular in Texas and the of upper course. Midwest. Huh? I said, of course. On the upper Midwest, which I believe in Wisconsin and Minnesota, it's Culver's. Uh, in and out Burger in California. Uh, but, yeah, I'm refusing to believe that, too, that Mod Pizza is that popular. Uh, also trending tonight uh, is Toy Story, uh, because Pixar fans are ranking their top five movies. And I know that you as a Disney fan uh, will probably have your you own. Yes, my top, my number one right now. That should be an obvious one. I talked about it. I can quote the thing. I'm actually hearing it in my head. I can quote their opening like DVD holder sequence. Tell the folks what it is. It is Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Finding actually, Nemo. I will t- on a few people's list, Finding Nemo fell right outside of top five. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not very popular with a lot of people, but Finding Nemo is my favorite. Yeah, so they yep. had a list yep, here yep, yep. that said, hey, rank your top five. From that list, Toy Story, uh, Ratatouille, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., A Bug's Life, Wall-E, Cars, Up, Coco, Brave, and Inside Out. Um a lot of people listing. Toy Story, of course, comes across a lot of those lists. I did see some Finding Nemo on some. Um, the Incredibles, Up. Uh, Wally actually made a few lists here, but uh, it seems to be about oh, the same. <laughs> you said you didn't like it, or you didn't like it? I love Wally. Um, if I had to go from that list real quick, just first impressions on that list, it would be 
Number one, Tiny Nemo. Number two, Wally. Number three, Up. Number four would be Brave. Was that on the list? Mm-hmm. Was Brave on that list? Um, no. Okay, so that would be number four. No? Uh, let's see. It, it depends because it's a lot of different people's lists. So it, it's, I'm kind of oh, going. Okay. Well, I was, just going by, I was just going by the, the names that you did um, because I would probably actually put – yeah, Princess and the Frog. I, it's, no, that's not Pixar. Um, Pixar, 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 Incredibles, and then Brave. Hmm. Yeah, that's that would be my order for top five. Just real, just for Pixar. The Pixar. You include the rest of the Disney animation. That 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 list gets jumbled. Yeah. Because um. I've been around a long time too, so I've got some nostalgic memories of good ones too. It seems like a lot, uh, because Toy Story is trending, it seems like that's the overall favorite that's on everybody's list. Uh, not really mm-hmm. surprised, uh, because now thinking about it, a whole generation has uh, come up with Toy Story. Um, and I know on one person's list, it was Inside Out, Toy Story 3, and Ratatouille. Um Finding Dory was also in there. A Bug's Life, Cars Two, Cars Three, <laughs> not the original Cars. I don't see the original Cars in here, but yeah. So there's so many different topics are, but uh, yeah. So what's your top five out there? It's very interesting. Uh, also trending tonight. If I mean we're not under a rock here, uh, the city of Atlanta is trending as uh, Minneapolis protests continue to spike curfew on the fourth night of demonstrations over George Floyd's death. Uh, Coming up in a couple of minutes, I'll have my commentary on that. Um, Also, uh, WWE Smackdown, which of course is on Friday night, which has a bunch of trends, also is trending. Um, And then, uh, yeah, that pretty much is the main things that are trending tonight. So it's, of course, scheduled to change. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll have something far more better trending tomorrow because this week has just been uh, insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, being said, before I go into my commentary tonight, I guess I should ask you if you had any shout-outs or anything else that you wanted to say. Um. No, not tonight. Um, I don't have any shout-outs. I guess it's just uh, thoughts, prayers, love, energy, whatever you believe in, going out to the people that are affected by the uh, demonstrations, um, the protests, the the riots, the the whole thing, um, however you want to call it. Um, Everybody's got their own opinion on it, and uh, the only opinions that matter right now um, are being silenced by the masses a, a little bit. Um, and that's, I see both sides, and that's what sucks because I can understand where a lot of the anger is coming from. I can understand where the, um, what the want is. And by God, I wish we could get there, you know, so. Um, I'm going to leave that commentary to you, though, as you have more experience in that arena than I do. Uh, you know, I came into tonight, and, and of course before I kind of speak on this a little bit, because so often there's a lot of people out there who say, hey, you guys don't cover, you know, for being page one, you don't really cover – a lot of the main stories. There's kind of a reason to it. Uh, we tend to cover it from different perspectives, different points of views. And I think a long time ago when uh, Mary and I had talked about doing this show, we want to stay away from that. Um, and But you can't on some instances and on some nights and on some weeks when things weren't. I mean, there's a reason why I initially called all of this news and comic, because a lot of it's our own commentary about different things. But, of course, we're not blind to what's going on. It's not like we recorded, pre-recorded this 
know, weeks in advance. I mean, this is Friday night. We know what's going on. If you're watching live on TV of the things that are developing, uh, whether it's in Minneapolis or in Los Angeles or in Washington, uh, there's a lot of tense feelings in the air, a lot of anger, a lot of people who are hurt, a lot of people who are confused as to why people are hurt. I sat here this afternoon, and I guess before I kind of go fully into this commentary, the words that I'm expressing do not mean those of my wonderful partner here who I know understands it. And as always, it's no one else's words but mine. I came here tonight, I kid you not, and if you hear me, I'm rallying off three, four, five, six pages of commentary that I had here tonight. I don't know if I can get through all of it. I just know that tonight I come to you tired. Not because of mere exhaustion, but due to the fact that once again we're in this place where we have to understand a situation that shouldn't have happened. I tell everyone time and time again when things of this happen, if only we would have thought about it. But sometimes thinking about it doesn't happen because the people who have already thought about it decided that they were going to do it anyway. And because we're here again, once again, we have to talk about someone, and I'm not going to apologize for the words that I use. I'm not going to apologize for uh, the exclusion of people's names because I, I can't even say it right now. But we're here again because someone pretty much was murdered. I'm, I'm not going to be blunt about it. I mean, it's on video. And I don't know, you know, I can't make up words or uh, I can't make up what the person that was responsible for this. They are a sworn officer, and I have the greatest respect for our law enforcement because my family is in law enforcement. And I have people who I grew up who are literally like brothers to me who would drop everything at the bat of an eye and be there for me. I grew up, you know, a huge – when I grew up here in Chicago, we used to have uh, an officer that would come to the schools, an officer friendly. I look forward to those visits every year. And every time I see policemen, I know policemen graduated with some from college. And they bust their ass and put their lives on the line to protect us, just like soldiers do when they serve in our branches of the military. And I want to get one thing here for all of you. When people are mad about situations like this, it is not thrown at every officer. And I don't know why people get upset and saying, oh, you hate all officers. People don't hate all officers. They hate the ones that do this. And lately there have been a few bad apples that unfortunately have thrown a black eye onto law enforcement. Just like there are bad, you know, people who throw it off for everyone else. I wrote six pages. It's hard to get through the first few pages. This man wasn't a criminal. George Floyd wasn't even given a chance to clear his name for a charge that was brought against him that whether you believe any source that's coming out or not, some saying wasn't true. And even then, the charge that was brought against him wasn't even justifiable by death. He was surrounded by four people. TMZ tonight has shown video of three people on him, one with a knee in his neck. I'd be a friend of mine. That could be my nephew's. 
It could be me. So when you see a lot of this anger going on tonight, a lot of this tension, people who are upset don't know what to do. In some ways, I can't really blame them, but in some ways, too, I also sit on the fence as to, hey, doing this is not going to get the message across by destroying things. I'm conflicted because a part of me be that law-abiding citizen, but at the same time, when things like this happen, you think about it in the back of your mind, whether it is someone confronting you or someone pulling you over. I mean, just about a week ago, there was a young man in New York where a woman called the cops on him because he asked her to put a leash on her dog. And she wanted to call the police and falsify a report about him harassing her and coming close to her. That could have been a second story this week. I refrained from talking about it last week because I was hoping that it would solve itself. And now we come to this. And I'm tired. I can't tell you how many times when I see this story and it hits home even more so because I worry about myself or, like I said, my nephews, young men who are growing up trying to find their way and trying to do the right thing, and what do you tell them? Many times a lot of people say, hey, do what you're told, and that won't happen to you, as if it's an excuse. I don't know the full story of everything that happened in Minneapolis, but I do know that someone should not be getting buried soon over something that was not even calling for that. I can't I can't even tell you and tonight I had like I said a long long commentary. It took me about 1 hour to write. And all I can just say over and over again is that I'm tired. I'm tired of the worry. I'm tired of things like this coming to situations like this when it shouldn't have. And if you're offended by my anger or my bitterness or my pessimistic ways on this, because I don't even know if there's an answer for it. I'm not in the least bit sorry. And like all families, this American family, we have to have a serious discussion, not only about race in this country, but we have to have a discussion on treating each other with respect. The only way that we're going to understand that and we're going to get to that is if we listen. I don't mention many times of my background and where I went to school, but I will tell you that my degree was in communication. One thing that I've learned is that when we come prepared with an open mind and an open heart and we understand each other, the more and more things like this occur, the less it will happen and the less I have to talk about it because I don't want to have to talk about this again or think about it or worry about it. In closing tonight, I couldn't think more of a situation years ago. Edward R. Murrow, when he discussing uh, Senator Joseph McCarthy, uh, he had a line in his speech, which was used uh, in the movie Good Night and Good Luck. And he said that we will not walk in fear one of another. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. And it's no time for people, men or women, who opposed what happened in Minneapolis or anywhere or injustice anywhere to keep silent or for those that approve. You know, we can deny our history and our heritage, but we cannot escape responsibility for the result. And I'm calling on everyone tonight that wherever you are, no matter what you do, is that we work towards changing the system. 
for those younger people out there, if you want to do something about it, educate yourselves, vote, become those lawyers, law enforcement, and policymakers that we need. And hopefully one day we'll not have a situation like this again. I don't want to be tired anymore. An arrest? It happened today. It should have happened long before. Sentence would be a step in the right direction. Justice, it will store some energy. But a time when stories like this won't occur, I won't be tired anymore. Good night. Thank you. Godspeed.